In the 1940s, U.S. researchers in Guatemala exposed prisoners, psychiatric patients, soldiers, and sex workers to sexually transmitted diseases without their consent. Did the researchers intentionally flaunt the ethical standards of the day? Welcome to Ethically Sound, a podcast of the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues. I'm Hilary wicke Byers. Today we're speaking with Anita Allen, professor of law and philosophy at University of Pennsylvania and a member of the Bioethics Commission. First, let's hear from historian Paul Lombardo from Georgia State University. In 2010, a scholarly article revealed that between 1946 and 1948, officers of the U.S. Public Health Service, in collaboration with Guatemalan officials, intentionally infected psychiatric patients, sex workers, prisoners, and soldiers with several sexually transmitted infections, including syphilis. The revelations led to extensive media coverage, and the experiments were widely condemned. President Obama directed the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues to investigate and conduct an ethical analysis in order to determine more completely exactly what had happened and who was responsible. In May of 2011, I visited Guatemala City with colleagues from the staff of the Bioethics Commission as part of that investigation. We met with then-Guatemalan Vice President Espada, who led their investigative commission. We saw the buildings where the experiments were done, and then we traveled to the Guatemala National Archives. There we met with historians and archivists who were our Guatemalan counterparts. It became clear to me that my perspective as an American focused on the scandalous breach of research ethics that the syphilis studies represented, differed in important ways from the perspective of our Guatemalan colleagues. Though they appreciated the ethical failures that the study entailed, they saw the events in a more expansive light. The victims were poor, often from the Guatemalan highlands, marginalized people even in their own country. To our hosts, coping with the culmination of 20 years of contemporary civil strife, The studies were not just a failure of research ethics, but yet another example, like many of more recent vintage, of researchers' insensitivity to human rights more generally. I returned to the United States with a more complete understanding of the meaning of the stories we tell about research ethics, not merely as a parochial academic concern, but within a larger historical frame where ill treatment of research participants implicate the human rights of all people. That was Paul Lombardo, professor at Georgia State University. Paul served as a senior advisor to the Bioethics Commission as it worked to provide an unvarnished ethical analysis of the U.S. research that took place in Guatemala and to bring this dark chapter of history to light. As part of its fact-finding mission, staff from the Bioethics Commission sifted through thousands of documents and records, as well as nearly 10,000 pages of research notes left behind by Dr. John Cutler, a physician with the U.S. Public Health Service, who led the studies in Guatemala. The Bioethics Commission discovered that researchers conducted diagnostic tests, including blood draws and spinal taps, on as many as 5,500 Guatemalan prison inmates, psychiatric patients, soldiers, commercial sex workers, orphans, and schoolchildren. Researchers deliberately exposed about 1,300 people to syphilis, gonorrhea, or chancroid, 
83 subjects died, although the exact relationship between the experimental procedures and the subject deaths remains unclear. The Bioethics Commission also discovered that several of the same researchers had conducted similar experiments that involved intentionally exposing prison inmates to gonorrhea in Terre Haute, Indiana, in 1943. In the Terre Haute experiments, the researchers went to some lengths to obtain consent of their subjects. The researchers fully briefed the prisoners, who in turn volunteered and gave informed consent. A few years later, the same researchers in Guatemala did not seek their subjects' consent. Faced with this evidence, the Bioethics Commission judged that the Guatemala experiments involved unconscionable basic violations of ethics, ethics that the researchers followed in the U.S. prison studies but did not follow in the Guatemalan studies. The Bioethics Commission published its analysis in a report titled Ethically Impossible. You can download Ethically Impossible and all the Commission's reports at bioethics.gov. Here today to talk with us about the Bioethics Commission's report, Ethically Impossible, is Dr. Anita Allen. Dr. Allen is Vice Provost for Faculty at the University of Pennsylvania and Henry R. Silverman Professor of Law and Professor of Philosophy and a member of the Bioethics Commission. Welcome, Dr. Allen. Thank you for being here. The 2010 revelation of the research led to an apology from President Obama to the President and people of Guatemala. Why was it important to carry out a fact-finding ethical analysis after that? Well, the apology was based on the discovery that U.S. uh, doctors, public health service doctors, had traveled to a foreign country and engaged in research which was quite unethical on the most vulnerable populations, um, women, children, prisoners, sex workers, people with uh, disabilities and and disorders that that required caretaking and not, not disease giving. Um, so, so that was why the apology was given. Uh, the need to do fact-finding um, ethical analysis after that was based on the importance of learning from the past and really understanding what happened. So uh, by going deeper into the history and building on what uh, Professor Susan Everby had discovered in her research was an important way for us to make sure that we did have a complete um, historical picture of what had, had occurred and also to increase our, our chances for understanding what we need to avoid by way of research practices uh, moving forward. What did the investigation entail? Well. Um, the investigation entailed uh, members of the commission uh, traveling to um, Guatemala by commission, I mean commission members and commission staff members going to Guatemala to look at records there and to continue the investigation. It meant um, the commission reviewing uh, thousands of pages, over 125,000 pages of, of original research records tied to the experiments conducted in Guatemala. Uh, and by the way, these records have been uh, provided to the National Archives for Retention. Um, it entailed uh, several public meetings, three public meetings, to address the President's request to conduct a fact-finding mission, and these public meetings involved inviting learned um, uh, scholars of, of health research from all over the world to come and speak to us as well as uh, as, as other experts in, in, in the area, and then uh, to, um, to really reflect uh, uh, with all this uh, documentation in hand and all these expert opinions in hand, reflect on what 
was because of the uh, unethical behavior and what we could do to prevent it happening again. And why was it important to look at the Terre Haute prison studies? So before uh, our U.S. Health Service uh, conducted um, STD research uh, in Guatemala, there were uh, experiments in the United States at, at Terre Haute prison um, that were related. They didn't involve giving people STDs, but they did involve uh, looking at some of the, the uh, treatments that might be effective. But there was like a line, a line, an ethical line that was observed in the United States whereby it was just considered, um, as our report title reflects, ethically impossible to um, to give someone an STD in order to see what treatments would be effective or to see what treatments would would um, would um, um, uh, not be effective. You just couldn't you couldn't do that. You just make people sick in order to to look for for for, for cures and solutions and treatments. Uh, so so going to um, Guatemala. And uh, looking at the Terre Haute uh, uh, background was a way of understanding what was considered ethically um, permissible at the time in our in our own country, and to, and to consider why, therefore, it was uh, especially unethical to take um, activities which could not happen on our own soil to another country, and then let them happen there. You know, unfortunately, you know, our doctors were working in collaboration with Guatemalan doctors who themselves were parties to this unethical conduct. Uh, but all but all that comparison, what, what could not be done here to what was done there is a way of helping to figure out what was the moral compass and how was that moral compass ignored uh, in this uh, really shameful episode in U.S. public health history. Was it appropriate to use contemporary values to criticize people in the past? Uh, let me let me start by saying that uh, everybody um, would agree that it's important to um, address the problem of, of sexually transmitted infections. And at the time that the uh, experiments in Guatemala took place and the Terre Haute experiments took place, it was in the great interest of our country um, to figure out whether or not there were treatments which could be a prophylaxis um, against um, STDs. And so the underlying goal was, was a very a very um, noble one. But I think that one of the reasons why it's appropriate to use contemporary values to criticize past researchers is that um, in, in this case especially, we're talking about um, not 300 years ago or 1,000 years ago, but we're talking about something which happened within the last hundred years. And I don't think anyone would want to say that, that right and wrong has, has dramatically changed in the last uh, hundred years. But um, I do think that it, it, everyone would agree that researchers and doctors had a bit more flexibility. Uh, we had a bit fewer explicit, you know, black letter ethical rules and black letter laws than, than we have now. Uh, but in the absence of those same black letter laws and black letter rules, uh, there was still, I think, a common sense between then and now that uh, it's always wrong to make people sick on purpose, especially when they don't have the education and awareness and knowledge and haven't given the informed consent that would conceivably justify such a such a thing. Could something like this happen today? Well, uh, I think not. I don't think this, this, this exact kind of thing could happen today. First of all, um, the, uh, the Nuremberg uh, uh, Code, which was um, actually a product of this Guatemala uh, scandal era, but it represented um, 
many uh, U.S. and, and European experts uh, agreeing upon some baseline ethical princi principles to govern human subject research. Those are now very much embodied in our in our culture. Uh, the um, the Belmont principles, which were developed uh, a few decades later, are now very much embedded in our in our ethical culture and in our research culture. Um, the um, human subject research rules, the common rule, is now embedded in our in our practices as both law and ethics. And there are much more much more stringent rules around informed consent for uh, for for medical uh, research. So I think that um, it's just not not likely uh, that such a thing could happen again today. But we we were very uh, careful as commission not to reach that conclusion too readily because we do know that horrors happen. We uh, horrible things happen uh, in our own time that suggest a lack of respect for uh, for individuals who are different from ourselves. So we have to be really careful about the conclusion that this couldn't happen again. So, but the commission made a very good effort to uh, encourage us to look carefully as a nation at our research practices to better document the kinds of federally funded research that are going on in foreign countries. The Commission's report, Moral Science, uh, indicates a number of important areas where research protections could be improved or refined. Dr. Allen, thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. I think that uh, nothing had the emotional impact on me uh, uh, that the Guatemalan experiment disclosures did, and I am proud to have been a part of bringing uh, more understanding and uh, a spotlight to this important set of, of concerns and this important piece of history. Thank you. You've been listening to Ethically Sound, a podcast of the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues. Thanks for joining us. You can check out our full series online at bioethics.gov.